Welcome to the Pat Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my co-author and friend, Nancy Saxton-Lopez. And this is a program that we do every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And it's live on YouTube and Facebook. And then it's available on a whole bunch of different podcast outlets. And it is an opportunity for us to bring the insights and the information that we gained over many years facilitating pet law support groups in New Jersey, Nancy for 30 years plus, and me for about 11 of those years. We compiled that learning into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists. And that book is available on Amazon, but we now have the opportunity with this technology to have an interactive experience with you. And so we very much appreciate it when people write to us and they tell us their stories. And if you do tell us your story, we'd be very happy to share it because we know that that sharing stories from our audience members has been very, very helpful for people. If you write to us and you tell us what's been going on and about your loss and you don't want us to share it, that's fine as well. We understand yeah, and we'll respond to you. You can also send us suggestions for guests, suggestions for topics. We actually have a couple of guests who have been suggested to us who will be on upcoming shows. And you can also, well, let me just back up a little bit and tell you how to reach us. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail. Dot com. You can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at C S M P C dot com. Mm -hmm. You can also support our program with a gift through Venmo or through PayPal. You can subscribe. Also, there are links for you to do these things on the description. We mention these, but we also want you to know that we don't expect you to support the program. If you do, that's very kind of you. And if you don't, that's fine too. We do this really as a labor of love to just sort of get as much support out into the world as we can. We'd like you to know also that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. It is a, an animal welfare organization and shelter system that has been around since 1969. You can read more about Dakin at D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. And also, I'd like you to know that Dakin now supports a monthly Zoom cost-free pet law support group that I facilitate. It's generally on the second Tuesday of every month, and it will be this coming month. So it'll be on November 8th. And there's a link in the description that will tell you how to get to Dakin and how to do an RSVP. It's great if you RSVP, it will then send you the Zoom link. I want to I want to stress that it, there is no cost and you can mm -hmm. you can you can be part of this meeting from anywhere in the world. And we have people who yeah. come from all over the place. Yeah. It's always an interesting mix. And it's at 6 p.m. on Tuesday the 8th, and it runs from 6 to 7.30. And one final thing is that if you are of a mind to support us through subscribing on YouTube, we always appreciate that because the more subscribers there are, the higher the program shows up on the list when people are searching on YouTube for a pet loss program. So if you think that this is helpful, 
it will help others to become aware of the program by subscribing on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so today we have a very special conversation and, and that is going to be a conversation in which we're going to highlight Nancy's really tremendously, tremendously generous and loving support of animals who have pretty serious medical problems. So Nancy has a long history of seeking out and adopting animals who are who are disabled and live with very challenging conditions. And so I'll ask Nancy to start telling us, I believe we're going to talk about two of her animals yeah. if we have time. And I just want to say it's an amazing thing that Nancy does. Absolutely amazing, incredibly generous. And it just shows so much heart and so much generosity. So thank you first off. Well, of course. For what you do. I'm going to show you, these are my two Frenchies. <laughs> and um, it's little Ellie, who's the whose face is at, to the camera, and little Boogie, who's laying down. Um, uh, at the, I think it was about ten years ago now that um, I had four pugs, and always was a pug family, pugs since the 1980s, <laughs> and um, I was going to uh, PetSmart or Petco or one of those places. And there was a rescue group there. And I saw little Ellie in a crate. And she she was she's paraplegic, so she can't walk. Her back legs, she's deformed. Um, and she had a little makeshift cart, and her little head was down at the at the at the crate, looking out and looking just so sad, right? And I go, no. That's not happening. And so I went and talked to the rescue people. And I had never had a paraplegic dog. But I thought, how, well, she, she's a beautiful dog. She's absolutely stunning, actually. She's so sweet, too. And, I mean, oh, she's And she's beautiful. really mobile. <laughs> well, she hops. She, do, she, she does not like her card. But um, I had to bring her home to the pugs, right? Because the pugs had to accept her. So the pugs had no interest in her at all. I mean, they didn't care. They they were more interested in the woman that brought her, you know. So I thought, great, right? So we took Ellie in and, and our family. Um, and it was quite a, quite an experience because she has diapers. So she isn't, she's like an infant. And so we, we you know, have to diaper her a few times a day, like any infant, but she's never grown up, right? So yeah, we've had her for about 10 years. But. We had to get special clothing. We had to get special diapers. The diapers came from Baltimore. The clothing came from North Carolina, you know, but I, I had to do all that research, right? We went to the Animal Medical Center to have her looked at and what, why she was deformed, why she couldn't walk. She, she doesn't have, um, there's there, the muscles in her back legs are, 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 are too small. So her legs, her little legs cave in. Mm -hmm. So she's very top heavy. And then she, she has these little legs. Now she, she's been fairly healthy her life. We have had a lot of issues with anal polyps. She's had four, at least four or five uh, surgeries. Her, her anus comes out in a different Yes, it's on top of her. It's on top of her back, right? Yeah. 
And so, um, and the last time we were really concerned, and that was a few, just a few years ago, because it was, it was, it was looked like a tumor. Mm -hmm. And then we were obviously very, very upset and very, and very scared, but it was during COVID. And that was such a problem trying to get anyone to do, you know, any surgery or even to look at her. Mm -hmm. And so we were a little panicked, but we did, our vet did get in touch with a a colleague of hers down in Tinton Falls, this is in New Jersey, and and he did the surgery and it was fine. So she she, she was not, she did not have an issue. What's, what she's going on with her right now, unfortunately, is she does have end-stage gastric disease. Mm-hmm. So the next step with that would be that we went, we had to find a, a nutritionist, right? So the nutritionist, finally, we found, because it's almost impossible to get a nutritionist, is from Friendship Hospital in Washington, D.C. And they did call us and we did a consultation. And the little girl now has a very, a very posh, you know, menu, right? So (laughs) she, she has pork tenderloin. Okay, it has to be pork tenderloin with sweet potatoes and um, bananas and walnut oil, and that's that's her food. So my husband makes it every week, you know, and she she gets her food three times a day. Um, and we have to give her medications for her gastric issues prior to to eating. Um, and luckily, she was just uh, had a wellness check yesterday, and she's gained a pound. So that was really good because she had, she was, she was, she's 12 pounds now, but she, she was, she was, she had lost weight. She was almost just 10 pounds. You could see her ribs. And so, um, but um, she's better. Yes. She still has some protein issues. Um, There are different things. Now we don't know how old she is, but our sense is because she would nuzzle and suck on her arms when we got her, she probably was pretty young, and mm-hmm. she was founded. She was she was founded a kill shelter. So mm-hmm. this rescue group came and got her and had her for a year. So because you know people, it's it's hard, right? People don't sure. want that. They don't want right. to have right. a, a yeah. disabled animal, yeah. right? Yeah. But we love her. She's a little bitchy with me. She really loves my daughter the most. Wait, what do you mean she's a little bitch? She 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 yells at me. You know. <laughs> She's in, she's in my bed right now. She's, she's over there sleeping. I was going to bring her and I thought, okay, because I didn't think we were going to just talk about, we were just going to talk about Boogie, but you know, so, but there is a lot of work to this, right? Sounds like a huge amount of work. Yeah. Yeah. We give her a bath every night because she's got diapers Um, and we have to pay attention to that. We have to pay attention to what she's eating, how she's eating, um, you know, how her, sometimes she has some acid reflux and we have to give her medication for that. Um, but she does hop around and she's sleeping a lot more now, but you know, she is elderly, I think. She Um, came to a book signing event that we did. I remember that. And she was bouncing all around this little bookstore. (laughs) That's right. I remember that now. (laughs) But but she, you said, I just want to emphasize, you and Peter have to give her a bath every every night. night. Wow. Every night we get her little towels out on a chair. She is. She is an infant. Yeah. And we've had our infant now for 10 years. 
So, but we love her. I mean, she's of part course. of our family. She she beats up on the boys, you know. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But right. I think because she was in a situation where she was the smallest dog that couldn't walk in a rescue group, right? So she had to fight, you know, all the other dogs to get what she needed to get, right? So, wow. Um, but she's my sweetheart. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing what you're doing. It really is. And the, the, the thing that I think also is, is so pertinent to the purpose of our podcast is that you live with the possibility of losing her at any time. Any really. t- well, I will say so this. Vulnerable. Well, we found out, or I found out, I mean, I don't know how Peter was feeling, but when I found out that she had end-stage gastric disease and she was so sick, I crashed. Mm-hmm. You know, I crashed. I got, how long does she have, right? I mean, because you just love her and take care of her every day. But, you know, there's a lot of attention, right? And we talked about that with people yeah. that giving medications, giving her a yeah. bath, making sure she gets her food. There's a lot that goes into making a food like that. huge amount, day. yeah. You know, so, um, and I, I, I did crash because she's my baby. I mean, literally, right? Mm-hmm. She is my child. Um, they're all my kids. But um, but I really did have a hard time for a while. And then we got this diet. She's better. So we have a little more time. So you're on, you're on a new kind of stable. Yeah. But you, you live with, I, I would think that you live with the thought that she's vulnerable all the time. Yes. She's more vulnerable, she's vulnerable than a dog who doesn't have this kind of health challenge. I mean, yeah. she, she's extraordinarily disabled. Uh, well, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She really I mean, is. she can't walk. I yeah. mean, she, she, can pu- she pulls herself around with her. I mean, in the amount of, I mean, the amount of, of supplements, I mean, she gets something called balance it and she gets something called Milos, I think for muscle, her muscles, she has to have, um, you know, her hip and joint, she gets omega three, she gets vitamins. I mean, it's, it's a regimen every, every morning, because yeah. each dog gets something different and different medications. So yeah. because Jackie is so old, right, he's got stuff. So and so then I, you know, a couple of years to a year ago, it was a year ago, October 9th, we just we took home Boogie. Now, um, Boogie, let me still I have another picture of my baby here. Um, this is this is Boogie alone. He's such a baby. <laughs> um, and he and I have another picture of him actually. Um, and so um, and and there he is. There he is in one of our walks, right? Now, mm-hmm. he's a lot bigger than Ellie. He's about 30 pounds, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what happened with that is, of course, unfortunately, we've had some deaths over the last few years of our puppies. And Hank, my man, and, uh, and his mom, Rosie, and Molly, his sister. Um, so I was I saw a parap- another paraplegic Frenchie on the French Bulldog Rescue Network, right? I'm like, whoa. I mean, she and Ellie could be pals, right? Mm-hmm. So, but unfortunately, the foster people loved her and kept her. But that day that I found that out, Boogie comes up, right? And I was hesitant because he has epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I treated epilepsy with Hank. Mm-hmm. All right, so Hank had, 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 had epilepsy. And so I thought, well, I mean, we'll see. And he was in New Jersey. I think that that was... 
a lot of the allure because he wasn't uh, in uh, Iowa or California or Texas. I mean, I he, thought he was in Turkey. Well, you know, he, he grew up in Turkey. He did. He was okay. born in Turkey. He has a passport. And he was <laughs> born in Turkey. And and he came over about, he. let's see, he's going to be four in February. So he came over when he was about a year and a half old. Um, and the French Bulldog Network, you know, pulled him. Um, and then he was in a foster home in Jersey City. Okay. All right. So, um, and then he, they were monitoring him because he, he did have, he not only has, he has epilepsy, but it's the cluster kind, which oh, are yeah. it's really, really hard, right? Because it's just not one seizure. He would usually have three. And okay. so they were they were having to work with medications and he was hospitalized quite a few times and and it was it was really tough um but october 9th we got accepted obviously because we were older we had room we're fenced in yard all that stuff so i mean because these rescue groups i mean they are like oh yes i remember the vetting for my puppies was very much (laughs) like i would assume adopting a human child not quite as strict but it had that feeling to it. Yeah. So they came yeah. out, they wanted to see the house. They wanted to see who was going to be home. My mm-hmm. husband's home most of the time. So it worked out. And we also knew epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And actually there was only myself and one other person that wanted to adopt him. So all they, I'm sure they were happy that, you know, I had had, we had had that kind of experience. So we got him on October 9th last year. It was only, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He came home and it was an adjustment. I mean, he had been on the streets, I guess. I mean, he, you know, he was, um, he wasn't difficult, but he, you know, there was an adjustment for him. He wasn't really housebroken. Mm -hmm. We're doing that now. I mean, um, and, and then we had to deal with, of course, by the end of October, early November, he ended up in the hospital. He started having seizures. And so, you know, we when we saw it, obviously Hank had had seizures, so right. we knew what it was. But then the fear was, and he would go into, he'd have about 15, 20 minutes go into another one, 15, 20 minutes go into another one. And that, I, anyone that has a dog or an animal that has seizures, it is the most horrific thing that you can ever witness. It doesn't hurt them. But they stiffen, they paddle, they they it looks like they're being tortured, but they don't feel it. We feel it, right? Mm-hmm. So we ended up in the hospital um, late October, early November. I don't remember exactly what day. And luckily, the the neurologist that French Bulldog Network had was also our neurologist. So, you know, which is another issue because he's a lovely, lovely man, but he is so incredibly hard to get to. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the, the veterinarian shortage, yeah. you know, the amount of people that have animals, especially with specialists, that they, they're, the practices are so, so overrun and, and, and with, with animals and humans, but they don't have enough staff. And so it's, it's really hard, you know, to get to him. Um, but it was $3,000 every time that that would happen because the ER would say, well, you got to hold him here. We have to hold him for wow. 
hours. So we're like, we, because again, it happened at the end of November and into December. And then we're like, what I, we, I don't know if we, I mean, I love this dog. I mean, we just got him, but how do you do three grand every month? Oh God. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and I'm thinking, so we had to become experts at, um, at giving him um, midazolam, which is the same medication that the ER would give. And it is, we tried to do it through his nose, which did not work. It was too difficult. So we have it and we had to, we, if something would happen, he wanted the clusters, we'd have to give it through his rectum. Oh, suppository, yeah. So it's it's a it's a you inject it into um to a a, a kind of a syringe and then yeah. there's a, there's a tip right. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we've owned so the next month you know this, but we were we gave him the midazolam. There's also chlorazepate that we can use prior to that, um, and we were we we did that and we did not have to take him to the hospital. Now, all that time, we're back and forth with medications, right? So he gets Keppra, he gets phenobarbital, um, he gets um, CBD oil, you know, he gets that twice a day. Um, And and that's kind of his meds. He gets his vitamins and stuff. But um, he also has neurofood, but sometimes he doesn't like that. So we know, we know if he doesn't eat his neurofood, and he starts running around. So he starts mm-hmm. running around the house and he's sniffing, sniffing. We know that that's the aura and it could go into a seizure. So luckily we have been able to stave that off. It's happened a few times. He's now got a higher dose of Capra. Um, but we give him a chlorazepate within 20 minutes, you know, it calms him down a bit. So we're lucky that he hasn't really had a grand mal seizure or a cluster of seizures since January. So, which is really good, but we have to be, you know, you have to be regimented with this, right? Because you have, his medications have to be at a certain time, even though they're extended release, you, you have, you have, he gets at nine o'clock in the the morning and nine o'clock at night. Um, And the, and, you know, I love doing, I mean, I'm so happy that I could do this. Does it make me nervous? Yes. Do I want to see another seizure? Absolutely not. Am I afraid? Am I afraid? that he will have a shorter life. Yeah, he might, you know, the damage of seizures. I mean, you know, he had a lot of them in his, in his, when he was younger and then he was having them on a monthly basis. So I don't know. I don't know what the medications, the effect of the medications would be over time. You know, they say the Frenchies don't live that long anyway. They have so many other issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, and that does bother us. I mean, I think I'm a little less anxious or petrified about the seizures since we've been able to kind of manage the medications a little better, you know, or get them to a place where we know what to do when that starts, you know, that we're, we're on top of it. But the other thing is, and which is fine with me, we can't really go out, right? I mean, because... We don't know how he can't get a rabies shot because rabies yeah. creates seizures. So he he's, he oh. has no favor. Um, 
And, you know, he's getting housebroken now. We're, we're working on that. We also went to an animal behaviorist. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll, we're hoping that everything is going to be, you know, he's going to be like this and we can manage that for the years he'll be with us. And he's a good boy. You know, he's a really good boy. Um, but it's, you know, it's when you, when you're afraid, I mean, one night we were all going to go out, we were going to go into the city and I literally at the, at the beginning, and I was literally nervous about just a, a pet sitter, right? So, I mean, I that didn't know that wasn't like a vet tech. So we right. literally had a vet tech be there for the evening at $25 an hour. Yeah. Wow. So, but we were feeling good about that because she would know what to do if something yeah. happened. Yeah. But I mean, so we, you know, we. That we, is quite a commitment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, so it sounds, I, like, it sounds like it, I mean, talk about a labor of love. This is a labor of yeah. love that is really important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you and I go back with all the animals that we've had over periods of time. I, you grew up with, I grew up with them. I was on a farm, got had lots of animals. And so that was just part of our lives, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, but, how, how does he, is his, is his behavior like your other dogs? It sounds like he's on a lot of medications. How does, how does he tolerate all that? Well, he has so far. I mean, he he sleeps. He, he he'll he'll sleep during the day, but mm -hmm. I mean, I can take him. He's a little rambunctious. We really do, and he hates the vacuum cleaner, which is a real pain because he has to be out of the house. But we so we're trying now to put put treats on the vacuum cleaner so mm -hmm. that he gets used to the vacuum. And then I got to put the vacuum on and mm -hmm. give him treats, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, so it's going to, because otherwise somebody's got to take him out for a half an hour. Right. Because, uh, you know, you can't clean. Um, but he's, he's playful, you mm -hmm. know, I'll take him if he's in the mood, now he's moody, he's a little moody and he's um, a little um, stubborn. Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning, I literally have to pick him up. Okay. We're going for a walk. Right. I mean, he, he, he just, you know, push back, but he's better now. We can, if he's into the walk, we can go about three miles. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And he, he likes to be out and, and about, um, and, and he likes to play, mm -hmm. you know, he wants to play with the other two, but they are not having anything to do with that. So, um, but he has his toys and, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll play with him during the day with his toys. Let, let me ask you a, a hard question. We've talked about this with some of the cases and situations people have brought to us. Do you have, and I'm not asking for what the limit is, but do you have a limit at which you would you would not be willing to pay beyond or do you feel like whatever the cost will 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 do whatever we need to do well the one thing and and this is really important and i think um i follow i got to talk to you about this guy that i follow on tiktok who's a veterinarian mm -hmm. and um and he's actually a new jersey kid he's he's a mm -hmm. brick but you know i have insurance that's one mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. i buy insurance um, all of my dogs have had insurance. I will never buy, and I'm telling you right now, nationwide, um, because they just don't pay very much. Mm -hmm. Um, there are newer ones now. I have Trupanion for Boogie. I have Healthy Paws for Ellie. Um, but it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It could be oh, a yeah. hundred bucks a month, right? Yeah. Um, so 
How much is it a month? A good, I think I think Healthy Paws is over a hundred now, mm-hmm. and I think True Pan no True Pan is two hundred. So I'm paying three hundred a month, and that's not Jack's. Jack's Jack's it, you know, like is two thousand a year, or two, I think it's two thousand wow. or four thousand a year. Wow. So, but that's what the vet said. You need to have money put aside. Yeah. yeah. Or you need to have insurance. Yeah. Because. The look, I mean, all the things, I mean, $3,000, you know, and by the way, none of that was paid because it was a pre-existing condition. Of course, of course. Don't get me started on health insurance. So, oh, oh, we can't do anything without Pelosi. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, however, uh, Healthy Paws has been really good with all this stuff. Um, But he's, yes, you have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so far, I mean, you know, I work a lot. Mm-hmm. I still work. I mm-hmm. love my work. I am a full-time therapist. I do a mm-hmm. lot with the pet loss and you and I have worked together on other and projects and so forth. And I don't have this a feeling that I want to stop, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with that, but I will say this, I probably work more for my dogs <laughs> than I do for my retirement, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, I would try to pay for anything that would come up. Um, but when I was getting Hank stuff, I mean, Hank Hank didn't have great insurance. And Hank, I, I can't even imagine the th- hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because one one surgery for him was 12000 Wow. So, it, 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 we paid it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but... I, I want to caution that with people that that's something that they really, really need to pay attention to. Yeah. Well, that idea of putting money aside is key, I think, if, particularly if you you have a dog who you know has health conditions or you have an older dog and it's beginning to- It's an older dog that, all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can't, it's, it's be such a, a horrific and sad thing for you to go in and find out as an elderly dog, the dog has cancer or the dog has kidney disease or the dog has yeah. something else and you're not going to be able to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, there's, then that there's a decision that has to be made. I mean, how can you, can the dog be live for a period of time and then can, can you go to the specialist? I mean, so, um, but yeah, I don't have a limit yet, Ken. But okay. I'm working. <laughs> okay, so I want to tell you, we've got a couple of notes from Colleen, who says, I use Fetch, which is formerly yeah. called Pet Plan for pet insurance. And they've been great with oh, coverage. Good. But yes, can get expensive in monthly payments. And the pre-existing, she writes, ugh. <laughs> she also said, also, I'm going to highlight, she also said, uh, also, bless you, Nancy, for your care of these Thank sweet you. animals. Thank you. Well, it's my mission, right? This is our mission. I mean, this has been my mission probably since I was about 11 years old. I didn't know that, but you know, so. Well, I want to thank you for that. Taking care. It's unbelievable. The dedication that you commit to these, these pets who, who many people just would not, just would not do that, would not do. In fact, they would give them up if they adopted them and they began to have problems of this magnitude there was a frenchie that lost in right in, in down in edison or someplace and 
they the dog got IVDD and the the, the owners took him into the vet to, to have him euthanized. What, so, what is IVDD? It's they you it's a, a back issue that you, you lose the your the ability to to walk you know to okay. back legs to walk yeah and so it's inner something I don't I don't remember exactly what it is so but Frenchies are prone to that oh. you know those and so French I called I somebody called me I called the French Bulldog Rescue Network and they went down and got him oh great wow so because he was young you know. Yeah. And yeah. in some cases, they they can you know recover from that. Yeah. But they can, they took them into euthanizing. Yeah. No. And 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 I wouldn't want to be judgmental about that either because yeah, they didn't have know to what decide to between keeping a roof over the family's head or or keeping their dog well after some kind of tragic ailment strike. It, you know, it's so so tricky. So. And and we may there may be people listening who there's just no way that they could afford they could afford that yeah and that's understandable although I will say this just quickly I know we have to end but mm -hmm. there are organizations out there really I started to I do research when I was at Blue Pearl when I was interning there to mm -hmm. that will have monies sometimes it's a breed specific. Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes it's just organizations that people give donations to. And then those donations are farmed out. Now, the problem with that is, is that you have to apply. So sometimes if you have an emergency, you know, how are you going to apply for that? Yeah. But I do think at some point I'll get this to this podcast to you and you, we can put it up so that yeah. people have that information. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing these well, stories. And, and again, Thank you for doing this work. Thank you, Ken. It's quite Thank amazing. You. And uh, and we'll have another conversation next, next week. Next week. <laughs> All right. Take, take care, care. everyone. Bye-bye.